Hey listener, I hope you're excited for Heaving Bosoms Ask a Badass this week. But before we get to that, make sure to tune in to our episode on Monday, October 28th. We're doing part one of The Mark of the Midnight Manzanilla by Lauren Willig. It's our Halloween book set in England times. Or is it Sherlock Holmes times? Regardless, there will be spooky vampires and salad jokes. I was a tiny bit upset about the lack of on-the-page sexy times, but that's only because the characters, banter, sexual tension, and emotional arcs were so good. Definitely pick this one up. And now, get stoked for our spotlight on the one and only Blair. Sally Thorne superfan, Milo Ventimilli lover, Slytherin to the core, and all-around wonderful person. Here we go! Okay, hi Blair! Hi Natalie! Hi, so for those of you guys that don't know Blair or that aren't members of the geriatric friendship cult, I don't know what you're waiting for. Blair is probably one of the like OG HBs. If, the, if cult, I'm right? not, I made myself an OG. <laughs> you are the only Blair in the cult. <laughs> I check every time. <laughs> New HBs, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, any Blairs? Okay, good. Yeah, you're okay. allowed. Um, so for those of you that are not, this is not going to be our very first episode, I don't think. This is going to be maybe our second episode. Even though Blair, I told Blair that she was going to be first, I think. I kind of, I kind of like my whole life is like this. (laughs) You're the first interview I'm doing. Um, This is the Ask a Badass podcast segment, and this segment is um, basically kind of featuring all of the amazing listeners that Keeping Bosoms has, and it's also going to kind of explore the wide range of readership that Romance has, and it's going to kind of be how all of the people in the in the cult and that listen to the podcast are like badasses in their own right. And uh, have different things that they are passionate about and that they love. And uh, we want to feature those every week. But I'm getting away from the really important feature of this whole segment. And that's Blair. Oh, well. (laughs) Blair, how did you find the podcast? So I am in a book club in Baton Rouge where I live. Should I say I live in Baton Rouge? I mean, it's fine. Anyway, I I don't plan on stalking you. Any anytime soon. Well, that's there unfortunate. Be, there may I, be. I mean, the I'm one person. Busy, but um, that's really my limiting factor. Otherwise, <laughs> if I had endless time, well, I would be all up in Baton Rouge looking for you and Shaquille O'Neal. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I'm in a book club, and there's actually a couple of HBs in the book club with me. Haley is one of them, and she told us about heaving bosoms after she listened to their hating game episode. And she knows how much I love The Hating Game by Sally yes, Thorne. if you are a member of the cult, you would also know how much Blair loves The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. It is an Sally obsession. Thorne recognized so, Blair in person because Blair interacts with Sally so much on Twitter. It really made my life. I feel like I <laughs> You're basically I became famous. myself yeah, at that exactly. moment. Basically. <laughs> but she told me about it. So I listened to The Hating Game um, episode. And then... I just got sucked in and I didn't stop. And I joined the geriatric cult, I think immediately. I don't think I waited around and ended up making my own 
private Facebook account specifically <laughs> so I could get on the cult because I didn't want to get on my regular Facebook. Um, yeah, I definitely understand that feeling. And I think I didn't join the cult immediately because I was a little bit afraid it would be like uh, other uh, either reader groups or something like that that were I don't know what the right word is because it's not they're not negative areas yeah yeah they're just very they're not for me and that's okay Mm -hmm. uh and i will and i interact in some ways on other reader groups and it's good but i don't know there's just something about the cult and i know that aaron and mal say that too and it's just it's just a little bit different in the way that people interact with each other and so i definitely understand that yeah it's more like a community than than like and you're not just fans of one author or one book. Yeah, like I think that might be it. Because the yeah, there's so many good recommendations genre. too. So we talked a little bit about humanisms, but how did you find like romance in general? So um, actually, I found romance when I was really young. Probably some people may think I too would young. Echo um, that statement for myself. Okay. <laughs> but um, actually, so the the first romance novel I read was Topaz by Beverly mm-hmm. Jenkins. I heard of her. And my mom had it. Yeah, she's wonderful. My mom had it on a shelf. I don't remember a lot of details about it. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I do <laughs> You were I young. do remember me being like, yeah, I remember just thinking, wow, they're talking. They're, this is sex. <laughs> there this are is sex in books. <laughs> but a lot of it. Because the first time I ever saw sex in, in a book was The Shining oh, by oh no. Stephen King. <laughs> I know, right? Like, that's horrific. Is all sex in books like this? Uh-huh. Yeah, I know, yeah. because I read it, and then I was just thought, whoa, um, they're talking about, like, I specifically remember him talking about her nipples, uh-huh. and me just being like, wait, is that what he's really, is he is talking there, about, like, her actual nipples? nipples mean something else? <laughs> like, surely not. Mm. And so, after I read that, I think it just piqued my interest of, is there there's sex in books? So... I'm going to find more, spe- more yep. because, yeah, because, you know, healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, I mean, you got to have an outlet somewhere, you know? Sure. So I found Topaz mm-hmm. and I wish I could remember it. I don't think Beverly Jenkins will listen to this, but if she does, I apologize for not shut, knowing. Shut up, Beverly Jenkins. <laughs> we know nothing about your book. No offense. And I think I was like probably 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Like, I was. You know, so I just, that was a long time yeah. ago. But um, but then, you know, I didn't stop. We would go to Walmart and I would pick out the books that had like, the yeah, ribs exactly. bodice. Yeah, because it's just what I was they interested in. They had that in. cover and, there was um, like on the outside, it was like just a white book. And on the, you had like a fold back cover that showed yes. you what really was going on. Do you like, so um, do, does everyone in your life know that you read romance and that you're like an avid romance person um i'm pretty sure now yes there was a time in my life where i think i think aaron and melody have talked about this where they were trying to be not that like girl the, like on know? the low low so, about the yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i was like i was a reader but and i read classics and stuff because i wanted to be yeah. cool um i wanted to be that mm, person never been that person but I, but they never no, interested the me really there was a few <laughs> there was a few that i was like okay i'm I mean, sorry okay, I, fo- I fully support people who like uh, who like classics I just cannot and it's not and they're no, not I bad understand. in like obviously they're well written people love them they're historical for a reason it's just not for me no. no I get you because 
Pride and Prejudice was probably the first classic that I read. I was like, okay, so they don't all suck. <laughs> Got it. Nope. Just kidding. They don't suck, but they're just a lot. Yeah. And, and they're like a commitment, <laughs> right? It's like a, it's Especially like the big It's a brain ones. commitment. It's a time commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be the smart kid who read all the classics, and I tried, but secretly I would go home and like find my rip bodice mm-hmm. novels, you know, and just read those. So, um, but now I'm very like argumentative mm-hmm. to people who like kind of look down on romance oh, novels. Yeah. I think and, we've all had that um, that experience with somebody yeah. where they're like, yes. "Oh, you read romance?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody in my life who's close to me knows I read romance. Uh, mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, because, I mean, especially after KissCon, I posted it all over my Facebook, and it's just like, I don't know. I don't think there's any shame in romance, so I'm exactly. not going to hide it anymore. But I used to think that, so I understand. Me too. It was like, I only read, I think for a while I was like, I only read historicals. You know what I mean? Like, like that made mm-hmm. it, like, like it, it was history, so yeah. so it was fine. I don't know. Logic doesn't have any place here in this in this story. No. I literally only read the classics to look cool, so. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so uh, one thing that people may or may not know is that I have this, uh, that are listening to this, not you. Uh, you do know that I have a questionnaire that you filled out, and I just wanted to know how committed you were to, an- to your answers. Uh, okay, so when I answered the questionnaire, I was like, two margaritas yeah, yeah. in, strong yeah. margaritas, and... Um, the next morning, I vaguely remembered answering the questionnaire and thinking, what the hell did I put as yeah. my answers? But I remember some yeah, of yeah. them. I just don't remember all of them. And so I'm going to say, because I was drunk, I'm committed 100%. to I what mean, I yeah. put. Yes, I understand. Um, so, great. Uh, one. <laughs> I say that not knowing exactly what I put. I think, <laughs> so. I mean, besides the fact that uh, you signed there be the one and only, uh, I think besides that i think most of the answers were pretty good um you did maybe uh oh, run perfect. on about current lady loves but we'll get to that um oh. <laughs> one of the things you talked about in your questionnaire is that you write romance tell me more about that yes so i've been writing for years but um i started when i was probably early teens and i started out writing fan fiction and that used to be something I was very embarrassed about and never talked sure. about. Um, hold on. And really now quick that I pause, what kind Go of ahead. fan fiction? Ugh, Gilmore uh-huh. Girls. <laughs> I wrote Gilmore Girls, Rory and Jess fan fiction. My pen name was Marley Cook. If you want to ever go look it up, anybody. But where, um, which hold on, which website? Fanfiction.net. I think is where yeah. I wrote most of it, and a lot of it is absolute shit. But, um. In later years, like getting older, I don't, I don't think they were that bad. In later years, um, yeah, I used to hide that because nobody I knew in my high school or anything like that even knew what fan fiction was. I don't think so, that I knew what fan fiction really was until the cult, to be honest. Because yeah, oh, wow. So I am not a writer at all. So mm-hmm. I think that's probably part of it. Because when you're a writer, you're like, oh, I heard the story. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. I'm gonna write a new one. Whereas person who's not a writer like me is like, oh, I really didn't like that story. It's going to burn inside me for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then I'm stuck <laughs> with it. <laughs> See, I hated the way that Rory and Jess on Gilmore Girls ended. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, no, I'm just going to write their own stories all the time myself. and 
Jess is going to get a happy ending every time. <laughs> Literally, <so>. figuratively. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> he deserves it. But, um, and so it wasn't until I actually joined the cult that, <laughs> I love saying that, that, um, <laughs> it's just so funny that, um, I started seeing how normal it was for people to read and write fan fiction. And I was like, okay, well, I can freely admit this now and have no yeah. shame. Um, so I did do that. And then I would actually start writing my own short stories. Um, I wrote a short story in college that I loved and my professor loved. Um, and then when I graduated college and went to law school, I stopped writing for a while. Because you were burnt out? Because I was burnt out. And um Honestly, the best thing, what I should have done was write during law school because I think that would have helped my mental yeah. health a lot. But um, but when I got out of law school, I missed it a mm -hmm. lot. And so I started writing again and I finished, I'm done writing um, my first novel. Sure. Um, but I have to go through the editing process. And then Are you going to delete any chapters before you have to go to it? <laughs> I've already deleted a few, um, actually. <laughs> and... Um, but I deleted it, but I kept it in its own little folder just in case I liked yeah, the chapter later when I go back mm -hmm. and read it. Yeah. So, but I finished it and it's um contemporary romance. Um, and because that's mainly what I read. And I, I just don't have the research capacity in my brain to do historical yeah. and make it accurate. Um, yeah. but I also like paranormal. There may be a paranormal. I mean, I make like a one paranormal day. for like a like a fantasy historical, and then you could make up all your own shit. That is very. You know true. what I mean? I could just set it somewhere else in another yeah. year and be like, "This is actually you didn't know the Regency era on a different planet." Oh uh, yeah, that'd or be in, perfect. I could probably handle yeah. that. Here you go. I fixed but, it. Um, <laughs> yes, perfect. I'm not <laughs> a writer. I'm just a pro I'm the just whole a novel to you. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody hates this it's oh, Maddie's yeah, fault you can definitely do that I'm a ghost man I'm just in the wind good luck finding me um great <laughs> tell me wait hold on uh give a little blurb about what your story's about if you want to oh yeah okay um so summaries are like the death of me anyway the working title right now is called what comes after and um, it is about a woman named Eliza, who is a hairdresser, and she and her daughter move. She has a young daughter that she adopted with her husband. She and her daughter move to live with her best friend since childhood after her husband passes away. So um, she meets a bunch of people in town that she becomes really close with. It's a small town, including a veterinarian who um, she meets. Actually, she meets him at first at his wedding oh, okay. because he, she is doing the makeup and hair for his oh, bride okay. when and she's in the room this is at the very first chapter she's in the room when the bride admits <sighs> to him that she cheated oh. on him and they so she's there when he gets basically stood up at the altar and they don't see each other again for months but then just keep running and into each other and eventually forever, and she probably yes. saw him at his worst moment and yes. then he probably feels like he has to come back from that worst moment for their whole relationship. Yeah, basically, because they're just friends at first and because he's still healing from that and she's still kind of healing from the death of her husband. So they're just built this really, it's like a friends to mm -hmm. lovers. So they built this really good friendship. And then obviously, since it's a contemporary romance, it turns into more. And did, um, wait, so I really, really enjoyed like writing it. Spoiler alert, they fucked kind of a thing. Um, okay. Yes, there is no closed okay. door in this book. <laughs> All open. <laughs> Great. No fade to blacks. I understand. Nope. And I 
try not to use any cringy words because I have cringe no. words that I can't stand. I, so one one person's cringe word is another person's voice. <laughs> it's totally fine. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I went there. That's it's true. it was probably I could have had better choice. I could have used like two or something like that. I think you used the ultimate cringe word from yeah, most people. I don't. I only want moist to be about cake. Like, let's just be real honest. Uh, Honestly, my the words that I don't like are all p words. Oh, like to talk I don't about like the pee word or, pleasure. Okay, to, uh, let's start with p. I understand. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> don't talk about p to your sex scenes, please. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. No king, no king shaming in this podcast. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. It's definitely no okay, king shaming. You okay, do what you want to do. There's no king in in your book. No, okay, yes, no problem. So no, sorry, that. pleasure. Um, other p words. Pleasure, pulsating. Okay. Don't like that. Um, <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> try, try to think another one that and freaks me out. And there's a lot out. of um, just pulsating all over the romance oh, world, right? Hate it. Yeah, hate it. And probing oh, okay. i know aliens <laughs> but i just can't there's a lot of fingers it. and like, things doing that all the time yeah. yes and so it's i've learned it's a lot of i don't mind the word pussy mm-hmm. i don't mind it um i do mind it if during sex he says or she says little oh, pussy okay. can't do that <laughs> that just takes me right out of it <laughs> uh-huh yeah so so yeah um this is our good information just letting you know so you talked about like that your work in progress and writing in general that's kind of what you're passionate about because one of the things that we um wanted to do with ask a badass was our job a lot of people's jobs are not what we're most passionate about we do a job so that we can do other things that we like to do um and that's definitely where i'm at and uh yeah so i love it i i just really can't wait to read your book once you edit it i'm very in love with mm-hmm. it to be honest like there's days where i stare at it and i'm like this is just trash mm-hmm. but there's other days that i'm very um like i read old chapters that i wrote that's what i do mm-hmm. a lot i'll set chapters aside and i won't read them back for a long yeah. time and then i read them and i'm like okay blair that wasn't actually that bad and um but my two main characters i just love like i'll hear songs on spotify that remind me of them and tear up sometimes yeah. because yeah. i love my characters well, so much have, yeah but i've spent so long yeah. with them how long have you been working on it honestly i was working on a completely different work in progress last fall and then i had this idea in september of last year and i've so from september to about last month i think september, september to mm-hmm. july is how long i wrote on Whoa. that i i like can't even fathom writing i have written it a is couple, such a stress relief uh i have a weird uh fanfic i guess it would be a fanfic there was that yes, there was is. that uh charlie's chris's thing that went up on the cult mm-hmm. and i wrote i plotted out a whole part of that but there's no actual words written but i have it plotted so like if someone said take that idea and like write an actual book just let me know it's just sitting there waiting for you people do I, that people yeah. do that yeah i've heard there's authors that like have written so many books that now they just write a plot out and send it to a ghostwriter, which kind of makes me sad because i'm just like but i loved you for so long and now you're telling me that your oh my novels gosh, are no longer your novels for me don't tell me who that is i will okay, not tell you who you. it is for multiple reasons oh, but yeah I've definitely not on here maybe later i'll decide they're not romance oh, okay i'll well, say that um literally i have not read a non-romance book i think the last one i read was uh everyone's hanging out without me 
um, by Mindy, uh, K- uh, Mindy Kaling. Kaling? Yes. I haven't read that, but I love memoirs. I actually do read not oh, romance uh-huh. Uh-huh. a lot because I'm in the book club. Oh, yeah. In the book club, we don't read romance all, all the time. We occasionally read one. Um, and so I read like a lot of different types of books mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, Way to go. But, but romance is my yeah, favorite. I understand. There's, I just can't. If it has a love story in it, I'm Yeah. In. For me, it's the HEA. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, um, I'm a, like a rabid DNF person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot. If, it, if I'm like, if it's just like, if there's a whiff of like children in trouble, goodbye. If there's like, oh, I'm if the there's same. like a whiff of like, no, but they could have just solved this with one conversation and like, goodbye. Um, and. <laughs> No, I sorry, feel sorry. Is it any of this affecting your book? Because I'll stop talking. Um, okay, good. No, no, you're uh, good. If there's any animal, if no there's way. any, if there's any animals <laughs> in danger, goodbye. Like I'm not. Okay, not. so I will tell oh, you this no. in my book. No, 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 no. <laughs> in my book, um, her dog gets sick, but not bad sick, and he doesn't if you die. Even I would never have thought you would have been a person that could that could kill a dog in a book. I never would. I never would. I couldn't. I think it would just it would ruin the whole HEA. I'd be like, exactly. Well, yeah, I hu- these dry. human people. Yeah, these human people are having an HEA, but that dog person is not. <laughs> so sorry, that doesn't count. All humans and dogs. But see, need HEA. he had to be sick because he had yeah, to pull yes. them closer. The hero's yes, a vet. I get okay? it. I understand. I he was him. a tool. He, he didn't, didn't die. use this dog. I'm just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> I did use the dog. I'm like, all right, damn it, you're yeah, gonna get sorry. sick now. This is okay. Uh, <laughs> chapter four. Dog gets sick. Um, <laughs> it was already part of the plot. Do you want to tell me more about your work in progress or anything like that, or what you're writing? So actually, um, now that I'm done writing it and i'm just editing it i'm also like plotting two different other works now and i know it's because they're two completely different one i just started plotting two days ago but i've plotted so much of it and it's it came from in a conversation about witches uh and i've never yes i've never wanted to write a paranormal before but i'm like i'm writing this freaking book now and so i plotted one of i was gonna make it like a series of these witch sisters and so I plotted the middle sister's book already. First um, of all, the fact that you didn't go in order. I'm not an order numbers person. <laughs> and like, I, I kind of love that that's like how your brain was like, yeah, but this is what has to happen. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's such a cool idea. Because the it's important in this family that I've made of these witches because the second born, there's a curse in her bloodline that she cannot produce children. Okay. And it's because... Every second born witch in this bloodline has like um, a little dark magic in mm-hmm. their blood. And when they produce a child, that child becomes like a dark wizard yeah. or witch and, War- kinda, you know, fuck shit yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, whatever so, it wants to be, it's it's witches. <laughs> exactly. It's mine. <laughs> yeah. <And> so, <laughs> so she um, basically is just like this wild, you know, no ties to anyone has you know, mm-hmm. sex with any warlock because she knows they don't want her for marriage because she can't give them kids anyway. And that's very important to wizards and witches is carried on their bloodline. Yeah. Do witches have um, IUDs so, or what happens there? Like, how do you make? Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it'd just be really easy for them not to sure. get pregnant because they're just witches. Put a, so, like a, but like a gorgon in there or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But lucky for her, she just can't. Yeah, okay. She can't yeah. have kids because of the curse. Um, so she meets a witch hunter. Who's a human? 
and um, doesn't know he's, or he doesn't know she's a witch. She doesn't know he's a hunter really yet at first. So it's kind of a love story between those two. And then her oldest sister is the one who's like, has to be Mm -hmm. arranged marriage to this warlock because she has to carry on the blood, blah, blah, blah. She doesn't want to be. Um, But I wanted to write the second sisters first. So I've plotted out her whole freaking book and I haven't started really writing it yet. And then my other work in progress, I've written about 15,000 words on. You maybe do for like people who are bad at book math. How many pages is that? 15,000. Oh, God. Okay. Um, so like, or like a, is that like a, I'm is that like a quarter <laughs> so, of the book? <laughs> that's about, um, mom, 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 um, almost a quarter. So basically, usually for a contemporary romance, your first draft's between 80 and 100,000 words. Okay. And so mine is 85,000 words, mm-hmm. mine that I'm finished with. And this one, so this one's probably, I don't know, less, a little less than a quarter of okay. the way done. Um, and it's, and I don't write linearly. Okay. I write. Like you want like, this to happen, so you'll write that scene later on. Yes. And then you want this to happen later, yes. so you'll write that scene. when it, Yeah, because you want it to be fresh and in your mind when it comes to you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, so I do that. I do it that way. And this one's about, I actually really love this one. It is a girl who is an attorney. I am also an attorney. I don't think I've said that yet. Um, but I don't, you know, I feel more like a writer than your an attorney. Your job does not define so, you. Exactly. Your worth is not so measured by your productivity, Erin. <laughs> so she is an attorney and she um, lives in um, away from her parents. Her parents live in a small town. She lives in a city and she um, is partying a mm-hmm. lot and she's in a really shallow relationship. And she's kind of realizing she wants more because she's getting to the point where she's bored mm-hmm. with her life. And so she moves back home to work on her, with her dad's firm for a while. And her sister sets her up on this blind date. And it ends up being like her mortal high school enemy that she just hated. And he wasn't a fan of her either. So they're on this, like, as soon as she walks on the blind date, she pieces yeah. out. And then, but because her sister is really good friends with mm-hmm. him, um, or her sister's husband's really good friends with him, they get thrown together a lot. He's also an attorney. So they're like opposing attorneys, opposing yeah. everything all yeah. the time. And so it's an enemies to lovers yeah. kind of situation. It's, bring, it's serving right. you that like Josh and Lucy hating game vibes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But not like obviously not the same. But no, they don't work in yeah, the same exactly. firm. They work in different But yeah, firms it's like serving stuff. you that that really good hating game vibe. Um, not to steal it from heaving bosoms, uh, because they are the OG. But um, mm-hmm. what are your current lady loves? I love to take a bubble bath. Mm-hmm. This is um, with a face this is mask. also um, consistent with drunk Blair. Oh, good drunk Blair. Yep. We're on the same page mm-hmm. here. So yes, I love taking bubble baths with a face mask, and um, there's a lot of different brands that I use. I so my favorite brand is was sent to me by Sally Thorne um, because she sent me a book. She sent me ninety nine percent mine signed, mm-hmm. and with it she sent me a little Smurf from oh my the Hating Game. I know she's, she's an precious. angel and then sent me, she is and then sent me this face mask and like wrote on it. This is my favorite face mask and I used it and it is mine too. And I don't know the brand name and I've, I'm meaning to reach out and ask her, but I can't remember it. And I, um, it, it's one of like the face mask actually went on smooth and it didn't like wrinkle or mm-hmm. anything and it covered my whole face and I could breathe in it. Is it like a sheet? So, okay. yes. 
Yes, it is a sheet. It's not like a, you know, cream or yeah. anything, but I loved it. And so bubble baths in that and like a glass of wine or something, mm-hmm. that's always relaxing mm-hmm. to me. Um, also, I'm a big uh, Christmas music. Mm-hmm. This is, this I is don't also care. consistent with Drunk Blair. I love Drunk I, Blair. Anyway. She said mainly, though, <laughs> Christmas music. And I literally just said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's hilarious. The consistency at is least key, I, though. You know what I mean? At least I know I'm like always me, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> I am very passionate also about mental mm-hmm. health because I am diagnosed bipolar, OCD, and I have anxiety disorder. And I'm, I'm very open about it. I'll talk to anybody yeah. about it because I don't think there's anything that benefits for anyone if you hide yeah. it. Um, so... I, uh, my therapist, I see a therapist and she, you know, is like, whatever makes you happy that doesn't harm you or anyone Mm -hmm. else, do it today. And the only thing that came to my mind was listening to Christmas music. And so now I don't care what month it is. I will have a pull up my Christmas playlist if I'm having a bad day. And it is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I also love that. I also love Christmas music. Usually like I'm not in the, in the mood for it. Like I don't care listen to it all year round like that's i'm never i'll never judge anybody but usually like i start like september i'm like starting to think about christmas lists starting to think about mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and i'm like yes this is the time but all year round yes just, that's but it's like there's nothing more positive than christmas music just, no exactly you know I mean? and i don't listen to the crappy christmas songs like no offense to anyone out there who likes it but like christmas shoes oh, no. i will it's so sad I, I, it's like i don't hate I'm sorry. You can send your emails. It's such a passionate to, to my email that's not listed on any website. I mm-hmm. will immediately turn Christmas shoes off. It's like, why? Why do you got to make Christmas sad? Christmas is happy for yes, a lot of people. It is also not my vibe in, in like regular music. Like, you know what I mean? Um, other songs yeah. that I'm, I guess if we're, I'm going to go there. I'm just going to talk about go another there. Christmas song that I just really don't like. And all of a sudden it's gone now. But see, this is why you don't hate on things because your brain will immediately zap. Let's talk about favorites. Is it slow? Let's talk about your favorite Christmas song. Okay. My favorite Christmas oh, So many. Okay. So my absolute favorite though is Have Yourself a Merry Little by Christmas. By Judy Garland? Yes. By yes. Judy Garland. That's actually mine too. I also, I love it so much. I also love Frank Sinatra's version. But Judy Garland's is 100% better mm-hmm. um, in every way. So I love that song. I also love um, White Christmas. Mm-hmm. Which one? Bing Crosby Actually, one? no. I do love Bing Crosby. But actually, um, Becky, H.B. Mm-hmm. Becky, introduced me to an Otis Redding oh, White Christmas. Okay. And it is so good. It has a very Winston mm-hmm. Brothers vibe to it. Um, I love it. And um, I'm trying to think of another one that I was just thinking about. The Carpenter's Christmas album is one of my favorites. I'm always here for a Mariah Carey Christmas album. Oh, yes. I'm always here for that. I'm, I uh, oh, yes. think that uh, Kelly Clarkson's Wrapped in Red Christmas mm-hmm. album mm-hmm. deserves honorable mention. Um, um, I love Celine Dion's version of Oh Holy Night a little oh, bit I more than Mariah oh, Carey's. Um, oh Holy Night's just so pretty. Um, it's just such a pretty is. song. but. Mariah Carey does it really well too. I've just always favored Celine Dion I mean, a little more. It's Celine, so it's Celine. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. I think that. Well, if you're not in the cult, uh, you maybe didn't get quite the Celine, uh, 
what would you call it, Blair? It was uh, it was an interesting um, couple of weeks. Over, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, um, it's all coming back to me now. Wait, didn't you post a video lip singing? Oh it? yeah, absolutely, I did. Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, yes. So after we started talking about it on, after they started talking about it on the podcast, I probably listened to it every day and made my whole family listen to it. That. And um, and so my uh, daughter uh, thinks that I sound exactly like Celine Dion when I sing it, and I was like, "You're probably right." Um, You're accurate. <laughs> so reality, Tell reality everyone. is alive and well at my house. <laughs> the first thing you need to say when you meet people Hi. my mom sings like celine dion so what does your mom important. do yeah exactly my mom lip syncs just like celine dion um oh, no. you gotta have hand motions there's a lot of chest like chest uh what does she do oh, she mm-hmm. does some chest like slapping yeah and she like clutches her yeah heart. absolutely i would go see celine Daddy dion in, in vegas I would, I would maybe go to Vegas for that specific purpose. She's actually coming to New Orleans, mm. but her tickets were oh, yeah. so high. I just I'm just couldn't. too cheap. That's the main problem. The problem is I would do it for only one artist, and I it's nothing to do with her talent being more than Celine because it's not. Um, but Taylor Swift is the only artist that I would pay an a, an absurd amount to see because she just puts on a damn good. Have you show. seen her before? Yes, and it's very good. Oh my goodness, yes. She is one of the best at like, I know she has like a production team, yeah. but it's so theatrical. Does she lip sync or is it live? Um, you know, I don't know. Um, really I'm, I'm never, I, I know, <laughs> I'm never confident to say, but I will say I remember her sounding a little out of breath oh, okay. during one of her songs on the Reputation uh-huh. Tour. And I remember thinking, oh, that's very genuine. <laughs> so I always wondered that about Pink. You know, because mm-hmm. she does all those like acrobatics and stuff. And I'm yeah. always like, but you're upside down and you've been spinning and you sound perfectly clear. Like, is it just a lot of practice? Because I feel like she wouldn't lip sync. And I don't know why I feel that way. But no, I mean, I feel the same way. And that's kind of like Taylor Swift doesn't really do any of like cool moves mm-hmm. like that. But um, she has like these bracelets. I remember in the 1989 tour um was the first time i saw him and when you purchased a ticket when you got to the arena they gave you this like white bracelet and nothing happened with the bracelets in the opening acts but as soon as the lights all went black in the arena for for like her you know Mm -hmm. appearance on stage as soon as the first note played for i can't even remember what song it was the entire arena lit up in white because of our bracelets it was the coolest yeah. thing because it was kind of blinding at first, but it just went with the first beat and it was just like, I don't know, it kind of gave you yeah. chills. And I remember seeing her walk on stage and just tearing up. You know what? Because you have all I the emotions. So much. I have that same yes. thing that happens. Like my sister, I uh, go and watch her. She does a lot of like triathlons and, and stuff like that. And every single time I see her cross the finish line, I'm like, it's old news at this point. Like she does, this is going to be her third one this coming weekend. And I'm like, I'm going to cry again. Because I'm just like so overwhelmed with like proud feelings, and it's just gonna come out my eyeballs. I get yeah. it. I'm I'm an emotional person anyway. Like I cry a lot, which is surprising because I'm a Slytherin. But I cry a Slytherins lot. Slytherins have emotions. <laughs> they just maybe use them in a different way. What's weird is I fight for Slytherins a lot about like we have empathy, we have sympathy, we're just blah blah. blah. And then sometimes I give myself the stereotypes like Blair, toughen up. You're Slytherin. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, um, okay. I don't, I don't know if this, this podcast has gone off the rails or not. We've been talking about all sorts of things for a long time and that's totally great, but mm-hmm. it is now time mm-hmm. for the lightning round. Okay, great. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I'm going to try and do these really fast, but I don't know how it's going to work. Okay. Well, we already covered what your Hogwarts house is. Slytherin always. Forever. Um, always. Are you an Aaron or a Melody? Um, first instinct is to say I'm an Aaron. Um, but also, on some things, I feel like I'm a little bit of a Melody, but I feel like I'm more of an Aaron than a Melody. Okay. I- Which is probably why me and Aaron, um, what's a good word? Butt heads on the cult page a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I love yeah, her. Yeah. I love her and I love Melody, but I think I'm more yeah. of an Aaron. Uh, who's your go-to author? Sally Thorne. All right, I knew that. I know she only has two books, but it's just like, she's a one-click for me. Also, though, um, I know this is probably not fast, but Lauren Connolly, uh-huh. who's an yeah. HB, her um, You Only Need One mm-hmm. is her novel. It's fantastic. And then I got to read an arc for her second one that she's getting what? published. And it's fantastic. So she would be a one-click buy for me, 100%. I love You Only Need One. I really did. So I good. mean, I bought it because, you know, you want to support an HB, but I just like, I, and every every single time I've done that, it's been, I haven't been disappointed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, wait. I didn't mean ARC. I meant I beta, beta read it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It hasn't been it, published yeah. yet. So I just beta oh, read gosh. it before she sent it I'm out. I'm so God, not sorry. a Romance Landia person or a book person that I I had no idea what you were talking Like, I wouldn't have known that you were wrong. I just figured somebody would be like, Claire, it's not an yeah. ARC. Put it together. <laughs> so. Sorry. There's no way to send emails to this podcast. So Anne C. Oh, perfect. You can't send us any emails about whether or not this is accurate. Hmm um sorry yeah clippy. sorry clippy uh are you bath meal or no bath meal bath meal what's your ideal bath meal grapes really that's an interesting choice yeah. cold or or I like eat. room temperature um cold i like my grapes to like freeze in my mouth like like a little bit of frozen grape action or a pop tart i'll do a pop tart in the bathtub okay I, i'm not a bath person so like i see a lot of bath meal you know banter also, this podcast is 100% banter. Have you noticed that? Oh, perfect. So, yeah, for those it. of you out there. Um, I So, I see all the, the bath meal back and forth, and I'm always like, but I'm like, I'm a shower person, and I definitely am not going to be taking a shower meal. That's mm-hmm, just too messy. Mm-hmm. Um, problematic fave, book, or movie? Book? Okay, what to say, uh, book? I really don't know, and it's just because I... I do not finish a lot of things that irk mm-hmm. me out. So, irk me out. I don't know what that means. Um, but movie, I will say, I love the Lifetime ad- adaptation of Flowers in the Attic. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that is a huge, huge problematic fave because it is basically the romantic story of siblings who were trapped in the attic for, or, you know, locked in the attic for years by their mother who is a little um, unstable. Mm-hmm. And their abusive grandmother. And because they were both trapped in the attic, they only had each other and they fell in love with each other. And then the rest of the movies follow them after they get out of mm-hmm. the attic and try to move on with other people. They keep coming back to each other. No. And damn it, I root for them every freaking time. And it's just super problematic. It's not me. Any other time, it would be disgusting to me. Not disgusting. I'm not going to say that. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but it would be. <laughs> what was your instinct, Blair? I think on this one, oh. your instinct might be correct. I don't know. <laughs> but it weirds me out and so um but in this movie i'm just like screw everything 
just don't even think of it. Just just can't think too much into it. It's a, who does who exactly other people that you would know in that movie? Um, the the guy. So it's a series, and so um, there's more than one of them. The, okay. Yeah, so it's like flowers in the attic, petals in the wind, and it's them growing up and getting okay. older. So I know in one of the movies, so the first movie, the girl is, um, so she plays on Sabrina, the Netflix Sabrina. Oh, okay. She's, she is Sabrina, okay. the yes. little blonde girl. She played on the first movie. This other movies, I can't remember. I want to say one was um, Cheyenne from that Reba, the Reba show. Oh, these are some, these are some deep dive references. Right here. <laughs> and you know and them the, like that, off the top of your head. <laughs> I know. And then the the blonde guy um, is. The blonde guy. I don't know why oh, I said so are that. You referring Played. to his brother, her brother. Okay. Yes, the brother. <laughs> God, I was trying to make it less creepy. Okay. And so her, her brother slash love interest. <laughs> yes, he was the oldest brother on the Chronicles of Narnia movies. Oh, man, these are just real obscure for me. I'm, I don't know why I am. I do not watch any movies. I don't know why I was like, oh, but tell me these actors. Like I'll know who they are. Okay. But that's all I know. <laughs> so. All right, moving on. Moving on from that. What is your favorite carb? Oh, bread, garlic bread. Okay, cheese or no cheese? No cheese. Okay. Do you like it like crispy or a little soggy? I like it crispy. I don't like anything soggy. Okay, interesting. I think sogginess has a place in life, but I'll allow you to your crispy garlic bread. I'll have the middle. You can have. The I mean, outside. I don't want it to like hurt my teeth, <laughs> but I just want it to be where there's a crunch. Yeah. Okay. I I I will respect that opinion about carbs. I will kind <laughs> of try to respect your um, soggy. Well, so you know, like when you have the whole loaf of bread and you cut it and then you butter the inside with the garlic butter mm-hmm. and then you bake it mm-hmm. whole, so mm-hmm. that you get a little bit of the crispy outside, but then the middle is like soft. Okay, so yeah, I can I can handle that. That I would call I you know if it has garlic and butter. I on just it, I'll need to describe baked goods in a way that everyone will bend to my will. Um, who would play you in a movie? So I have a lot of time to think about this because it's my go-to sure. question. And but, <laughs> but that being said, <laughs> no, I think who I would like—I don't know—a dream casting would be Reese Witherspoon okay. because I love yeah. her. But but she's not me, so I'm gonna go with either Kobe Smolders, who plays Robin on How I Met Your Mother. Oh yes, okay. Or Mae Whitman. Who plays somebody that I don't okay. know? Okay, Mae Whitman played on Parenthood. She played in that movie called The Duff. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> she's the main character in The Duff. And she also played on that. It's a new show right now about three women who are like robbing oh, grocery yes. stores. Okay, I know who She was also in Arrested Development, wasn't she? Yes, she was in Arrested okay. Development. So that is that who I think would probably capture me. She's perfectly. great. I love her. Yeah, she is. I respect that too. So yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I love Kobe Smolders, but Mae Whitman. There we go. Uh, I have two more questions. Um, this is gonna end too soon. I'm kind of sad. Uh, if you could dispense one condiment from your belly button, what would it be? Mm. <laughs> Mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh no, Blair! Why? Stop! <laughs> It's like, I can't say this. It's weird. I mean, anybody dispensing any kind of it. I don't know why I didn't say ketchup, weird, right? but mayonnaise was the first one that popped in my head. 
do what your heart tells you. I mean, okay. First of all, I I'll, I guess I should do second of all because I already said a first of all. But second of all, mayonnaise is my is no. not the same limit in life. So sad. Yes. So- yes. Although I ate, well, I guess I should say it had had been forever. But uh, I'm growing as a human being. I was served a sandwich with mayonnaise <laughs> on it by mistake the other day without complaint. And I ate it. I know. I didn't even like. I, so, I mean, I so my husband hates, but hates mayonnaise. And um, if mm-hmm. if I ask him to make me a sandwich, he literally winces the entire time he's putting mayonnaise on my bread. Yeah. Oh, I'm here for. I, <laughs> okay. I we could bond hates it. for hours. Yeah. About this, but topic. I used to. I worked at a diner mm-hmm. when I was in high school, and um, I loved mm-hmm. it. And uh, it was like the hangout for everybody. And so, this is going to gross you out so bad, but on my lunch breaks, if I didn't have time to eat, I would get a spoonful of mayonnaise. (laughs) Oh, Blair. (laughs) No. I'm just eating. Oh, God. Uh, Interview over. (laughs) I think here's where... (laughs) Sorry. This has been the After Badass Podcast segment. Um, Okay, so here's what happened to me with mayonnaise. Uh, I would go to this house after school because both my parents worked, and so this kid that lived at the house—I'm sure he was like a sibling—I don't even know his order. He would make mayonnaise-only sandwiches with two pieces of white bread, and then the mayonnaise would ooze out. He's using the only dictionary <laughs> ever had. Um, would ooze out the sides of it, and I have this visual in my mind forever, and that's—it's this dude eating mayonnaise. Sandwiches, I mean, and I just—I can't. That is fair because that even is making me like want to hurl a little bit, but. Okay, I know. You I know. Just mayonnaise on a spoon can't handle the mayonnaise. I can't think of something oozing out of the side of something. It makes me just <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. so Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. That that visual, that and dispensing mm-hmm. it from your belly button are now forever in your brain. Um. Okay. I okay. think I just have one more question. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite? Oh, I'm gonna go with enemies to lovers. Um, I just really mm-hmm. like, and I usually like it when the guy is kind of arrogant and kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Slytherin Hufflepuff mm-hmm. romances are my jam. Um, so yeah, oh, enemies to lovers. I just yes. like the conflict and I like the tension. There's like all this like bent up, bent up. Um. Pent up, pent up, pent up, <laughs> tension. But uh-huh. yeah, Sorry, maybe. I can edit that out. But, maybe <laughs> between the two <laughs> we'll people, find out, I guess. and then it finally just like reaches peak, and you know they're get they're ready to go. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. good. I think that kind of tension is good foreplay. So, well, all right. We didn't talk about your favorite food. French fries. Is it? Mm-hmm. But that wasn't your favorite carb. Which is weird, yes. Yeah. But, <laughs> but when you said car, <laughs> God, Natalie, anyway. <laughs> okay, in your in your food pyramid. <laughs> no, I don't. I think what, I just. Where do French fries fall? <laughs> I think I just put French fries with fried food and not with carbs. <laughs> Fried food like has its own like satellite noodles, pyramid. Potatoes, bread, not <laughs> they thinking. They are hey, potatoes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> not thinking. Oh wait, Blair, French fries are just fried potatoes. <laughs>
Um, well, this is awesome, Blair. Thank you for this interview. And keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love keeping bosoms. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs>